What's up, everybody? Glad to be with you today. I just want to make something clear regarding the scroll and the seven seals that we talked about yesterday. Regardless of what you believe is on the scroll or its significance, know this. The promises that we long for as a believer to see Christ reign, you know, to, to enter into that kingdom, you know, to see a new heaven and a new earth, to see the Jew and Gentile one in the Messiah, to see the enemy defeated and locked up and and into you know war and destruction and poverty and hate and you you name it all the troubles that this world is full of none of that can come to an end until the final judgment is rendered complete by Jesus and man's dominion is removed and and finished you know so i look at every seal opened every bowl poured out every trumpet sounded as being one step closer to the end of this world's troubles and the beginning of something new and beautiful. I long for Jesus to take dominion over the earth away from man because man has caused endless trouble and suffering. But when Jesus reigns and he extends his dominion over all the earth, it will finally bring peace to a troubled world. This world will finally have a ruler that is worthy to rule, one who is just, righteous, and merciful, and full of love. And today, we continue on with what John sees in chapter 5. He sees Jesus standing at the center of the throne, looking like a lamb that was slain and surrounded by the four beasts. Now, the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God you know, that went out into all the earth. This chapter really is trying to convey why Jesus is the only one worthy to dispense God's final judgment and why he is the only one worthy to rule over all. It focuses on how every person in heaven and on earth and under the earth, as in even in hell, every creature everywhere will praise Yeshua or Jesus for who he is, for what he has done and will do. No living thing will escape it and all will proclaim it. Chapter 5 makes it abundantly clear that Christ alone is worthy. Let's jump in and praise Jesus for all that he is according to God's word. Verse 6 says, Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. The phrase, looking as if it had been slain, was a figure of speech in the Greek, meaning back from the dead or resurrected. So John was describing Jesus as the resurrected lamb of God. He was victorious over death and the grave, and the grave could not hold him. Doesn't that make you want to just jump up and be like, that's my Jesus. That's who I serve. I, you know, I don't serve some wannabe deity. I don't serve some weak God or leader. He is not dead and buried like all the others. He kicked death, hell, and the grave right in the teeth and let them know he was the boss and they could never hold him. I serve a God who is mighty and powerful, a Savior who is bad to the bone. He is the man's man, a conqueror, an overcomer, a walk-the-walk leader. No one could ever be as hardcore as he is. I could, you know, I could go on and on, but you get the point. There is no God like our God, and there is no one like Jesus ever, period. Jesus is surrounded by the four beasts. So you see, 
Jesus as the resurrected Lamb of God, surrounded by the four beasts, representing the four faces of Jesus' redemption of mankind. We talked about this before. Understand this imagery, though. You see Jesus fully here. The Lamb that was slain and resurrected, surrounded by the by his the four faces of his redemption. We talked about by the lion or overcomer depicting the power and kingship. Then the ox or sacrifice, which represented a sacrifice of a humble servant, the man who intercedes as the, our high priest before the Father, and the eagle depicting the righteous judge. I mean, that is a powerful image to grasp. You know, and John sees Jesus in all of who he is right there in that one image. Jesus, We see Jesus in the fullness of who he is here. Also, these are the same beings or angels that were described circling the throne of God, calling all to worship him who sits on the throne. And now they are circling Jesus, showing that he too is worthy to be praised. He and the Father are one. He is described as having seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the fullness of the Holy Spirit that is being sent out into the, all the earth. Now remember, the horns represent ruler, uh, as, in, as Daniel described in his vision regarding the, the ten horns or kings. You know, so we know that seven means all or 100% or completion. So seven horns and seven eyes just means all ruling and all seeing. Now, regarding the last part stating the Holy Spirit being sent out into all the earth, this could be, you know, this could indicate that for a moment in time, the Holy Spirit may have been or may be, uh, should I say, may be uh, removed from the earth or not present on the earth while the church is taken to heaven. But if that happens, he is quickly sent back out into all the earth, as this scripture would indicate. So I'm not 100% sure that the Holy Spirit would, would be removed for any length of time, but it is possible that he could be uh, removed from the earth for a short, brief moment in time. But even if he is, you clearly see right here that he is sent back out into all the earth because a multitude will be saved. So, you know, like I said before, people cannot come to Jesus and cannot come to salvation in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So we know that in the end, he must be present and this scripture just reiterates that, that he does send the Holy Spirit out into all the earth during this uh, seven-year tribulation period. So Jesus goes and takes the scroll from the right hand of God, showing that God has given all authority to him. And again, that he alone is worthy. As soon as Jesus takes the scroll, the four beasts and the 24 elders that were seen earlier worshiping God are now seen worshiping Yeshua or Jesus and playing music and holding bowls of incense that are the prayers of the believers. Now, I love this because our prayers are like incense offered up before Christ. You know, A, it indicates how important our prayers are to him and how special they are and that and you know and b that they're like a pleasing aroma before jesus so our prayers are important and a pleasing sacrifice to our savior now as they begin to play the instruments and worship jesus they sing a new song you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God, persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. You notice how 
as they as they worship, and you know, as the worship should I say shifts to Jesus, they say that they sing a new song. When Jesus brings an end to man's dominion and renders God's final judgment complete, He will do a new thing. He will make all things new again. A new covenant under Jesus that will last for an eternity. I love what they what they say. You know, when they sing as they worship Him, you know. He is worthy because he was slain, and with his blood he purchased people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, and made them a kingdom of priests and servants of the Most High. I mean, he redeemed us with his blood, and not just the people of Israel, but I mean, every nation, every per, every from every tribe, from everywhere in the world, he brought salvation and offered man redemption. By purchasing them with his blood. That, that's, that's powerful. He is worthy to take the scroll and carry out God's judgment because he first took God's judgment upon himself for the sins of the world, making him the only one worthy. He took the full weight of God's judgment for the sins of man, something we could never bear. But he could and he did, making him the only one worthy to carry out God's judgment and finish what was started long ago. Then it says that John saw and heard more angels than he could even count, really. The numbers he gives are just an indication that he's just saying that there's, there's, a, there's more than he can fathom. There's more than he could possibly count. You know, and I don't, don't think too hard on this, you know, part, talking about all the numbers of the, the angels that he sees. It just shows us that heaven is vast, as is the number of those who serve him are vast. It is more important to see that all of heaven is celebrating the soon coming king and the reign of Jesus and his kingdom on earth. They are worshiping because Jesus is finally stepping into the role long awaited. It goes on to say how all of creation will praise him. They are celebrating and we will be celebrating with them. After describing the worship you know, by the four beasts, they say, you know, amen, which means let it be so and so it is. You know, it is kind of like a coronation. A new king has been crowned, and it's and it is official. And all of creation rejoices in their king. I believe God wanted us to see the celebration first, before all before we go through all the judgments that are poured out, so that we can look back and know these things must take place so that we can see our king come and establish his reign on earth. It is hard to celebrate God's judgment that is coming on the world. But if you see that it will produce a multitude of believers and will restore Israel as the natural branch alongside the church, which is the wild branch that was grafted in, and we will be one under Yeshua HaMashiach, you know, Jesus the Messiah, and we will get to reign with him. If you can see the fruits of the judgment, you will celebrate it all the more because you see the mercy and grace that is wrapped up in it. It should also hasten you know, your desire to let God use you to be a witness, a carrier of the gospel, the hands and feet of Jesus, and a light to a world wandering in the dark. Okay, guys, the stage has been set, and tomorrow we pick up with the seals being opened. It's about to get intense, but remember, where you see God's judgment, you see His grace and mercy even more. 
Jesus, we celebrate you and look forward to celebrating you in heaven and celebrating you as the coming king long awaited. God, thank you that when man sinned and fell from grace, that you, who is full of grace, put a a plan into motion to redeem man and restore us as the righteousness of you through, through your son, through Jesus. You didn't let us die in our sin, but loved us enough to provide an atonement. Mankind rebelled against you, and in your judgment of sin, you provided a substitute. Is there any greater love or act of mercy and compassion than that? God, the clock is ticking, and every day we draw closer to that glorious day. But until then, let us serve you with everything we have and with everything that we are. I pray for every listener that you would give them the opportunity or open their eyes to the opportunity to share the power of the cross and the love of Jesus to whoever you put in their path. Empower your people to be a witness and to live boldly for you, letting our lives and actions be a testimony of your love and grace. Amen.